This message was presented at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Let's pray. I feel the need to pray. He's probably going to pray again. That's good. We we need all the prayers that we can get here. Um, but let's just pray. We're going to begin uh, this testimony. This seminar is part four: practical and engaging tools for thriving prayer ministry. So this seminar, we're going to share little testimonies here in the beginning, but it's going to be a few more practical things, and we're going to actually have some um, a little activity that we're going to do here as well um, before it's over. But um, let's just pray again for the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. Thank you so much. Again, for the opportunity to to be here today, and um, we just ask that you'll draw our hearts and turn our hearts and eyes toward you, and that our eyes will stay on you and the cross, and not on self, not on circumstances or situations or anything that's happening around us, but let us keep our eyes on you. I just want to pray for your Holy Spirit um, to be here as we speak and as um, Jim shares, and we talk about practical Uh, things in prayer ministry. Um, Just bless this meeting, we pray for your glory and your precious name. Amen. So again, good morning, everyone. Don't worry, I'll not ask you again to to pray right now. (laughs) So since the seminar's title is uh, Practical, what? Tools. I just want to start on on a note that uh, yes, uh, we have to remember practical tools, but we have to remember as well that this is a spiritual battle. So I'd like to share a testimony before I hand it to to Melody. It was the beginning of of actually my year in the prayer ministry, and uh, we were asked to do annual council. Uh, prayer session it's like what we do at the gc but uh, this this uh, this prayer session was was in our division and we had a very wonderful like five days of praying together with our leaders and we had a surprise invitation to go to the university to adventist university of the philippines where they had a conference prayer camp and that was the first prayer camp that we have ever attended and since they heard that uh, that melissa was there they proposed to the prayer camp why not we'll have an all-night prayer session? And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, how am I going to deal with this all-night prayer? And, and remember my testimony yesterday, my prayer life is just like five minutes per day. And now I got involved with, with the prayer ministry. And friends, the prayer ministry, uh, when we started in that division praying for, for the, praying for the leaders, I could not imagine that I could stay in the room for the next four to five hours straight and I was enjoying it. And now, without any rest, we moved to this to the university to do the all-night prayer. And friends, the Lord sustained me. I was awake for the next 24 hours. God is good, amen? amen. And I'm not usually the guy who could, who could stay awake and then be useful the next day. If I stay awake until 2 a.m. the next day, I'm a doormat. Seriously, I just like stare blankly. But I was, I was awake the moment I saw my watch. Oh, I'm 24 hours, uh, 25 hours awake. The moment I saw how many hours I felt sleepy. (laughs) 
the moment I fell asleep, I, I got the call that, hey, we'll have a prayer session in the church. So we had a united prayer session together with our church members and the conference members. And after that prayer session, we went back to the prayer room. And all the while, I thought that I could rest. But there were 13 individuals who were already waiting to have another prayer session. That's how hungry those people are when they got affected by, by the Holy Spirit. So while we were praying... When we were kneeling down, I was leading out in that prayer session. And we always had some partners with us. If you're a boy, you should have uh, a girl or a lady with you to somehow uh, cater to the needs of, of those people who are attending. And while we were praying, there was this lady who, who prayed. She prayed once. She prayed twice. And she broke down. And it's not just breaking down. like <laughs> She was just like weeping. <laughs> She was just like, and, and since it's a girl, I asked my friend, hey, go to her. <laughs> and, and she put her arm around this lady, and the lady just kept on crying throughout the prayer session. And after the prayer session, she came, she came to me and said, Brother Jem, I'm so sorry. I was not even able to, to finish my, my third or second prayer. I just broke down, and I could not stop it. But I want to tell you why I cried why I broke down. So while we were kneeling down, it's like the Lord opened my eyes. And by the way, friend, she's not an Adventist. It's like the Lord opened my eyes and I saw evil angels trying to come and destroy the, the prayer session that we had. And that's why I was crying. It was, I saw a spiritual battle happening and it, they're swift, they're scary. But then I saw Angels of the Lord standing on each and every person who is praying around the circle. And I broke down even more. Friends, each and every person in that prayer circle has an angel standing on guard, wearing the armory of heaven. And the angels that the enemy has sent could not even come near. My dear friends, this is one thing that I'd like to tell you. When you are in this ministry... You are with the army of God. So do not ever forget, you are not alone in this battle. I know we have some more stories to tell, so I'll give the time to my sister Melody to share what happened during the cheesy session. I just want to share testimony. I can't remember if I shared this last time. Um, but from the 100 days of prayer leading up to GC session, we had 100 days of prayer praying for the church and praying for the Holy Spirit to, to be poured out more. But at GC session, this woman came to me from, from Kenya, and she was so excited. They had been having um, prayer times with their church. They had been part of the 10 days of prayer um, with the church each year, and God had been blessing. Um, but they decided as a church to take on the 100 days of prayer. And as they were doing that, their group continued to grow. They first had 50 and then 100 and then 200, ended up with about 400 people praying um, together. And it was really beautiful um, from, from what she said was happening. And evidently, all these people were coming together, and the, they were inviting their friends um, so there were Adventist church members and members from other denominations as well, and it was just beautiful. And some of these visiting members from other churches began asking, you know, what is, 
what is Seventh-day Adventist all about? You know, we see the Holy Spirit working here, and, and we see that you're people of the book. We want to understand more. And um, so they were sharing with them. And then these uh, these people from the other denominations began bringing their pastors, and their pastors were attending. And so they ended up with, I don't remember how many pastors from, from different churches that were attending uh, this 100 Days of Prayer, this group, like 400 of them. And it was just beautiful seeing how God was leading and working. And at the end of the 100 days, well, no, it actually wasn't the end. It was still during the time that it was happening. Uh, a group of 30 of the pastors got together and said, could you study with us and share with us truly what Seventh-day Adventists believe and what they stand for? And so they did. They had three days, and they just got into the Word of God, and they showed them the truths from Scripture. This is what we believe and why, and and why we stand upon God's Word in the Bible. And as a result of that, 16 of those pastors made the decision to become Seventh-day Adventist, uh, to become baptized Seventh-day Adventist. And that story has been evolving. It's been a very interesting journey. Uh, I think there's over 50 now, close to 60, that have um, made the transition. And some of them have even brought their entire congregations with them. Now, we're not just, you know, trying to kidnap congregations. What we're trying to do is get people into the Word of God, right? And as people are discovering what Seventh-day Adventists stand for, the, the, the beliefs that you stand for, the Sabbath and, and these different doctrines really are rooted in the Bible, then that is the joy. Um, but we can't do this. We can't be the witnesses that God's called us in our own strength, right? We don't have this. And this came as a result of groups of people that were praying. And that's why I love um, that testimony. We're just going to run through. I need um, your phone or something again so I have a, a clock. Um, my phone is live streaming right right, right now. <laughs> um, so, so I'm a little little, um, yeah, losing track of time. We're going to run through some, just really briefly, some practical steps to starting prayer ministry. But as I said in the last session, we shared already what the most important part is, right? And that's heart preparation. Okay. But we'll just go through some practical, um, things and Jim, please jump in or when you're, you're ready to add. Um, the number one thing that we, we have is pray and get your own life on track. Did we already kind of talk about that? <laughs> we can't give what we don't have. That's the point. You say, I want to have a prayer ministry and effective, and I want to see change in my church. Change starts with us. Change starts with you. And so that's why we keep emphasizing. I was reading this quote this morning in Great Controversy, and I've seen it before, and I, but I thought, oh, this is perfect. i got to throw this in here to the seminar today. From the secret place of prayer came the power that shook the world in the Great Reformation. Where did the power come? From that secret place of prayer. There with holy calmness, the servants of the Lord set their feet upon the rock of his promises. During the struggle at Augsburg, Luther did not pass a day. We're talking about Martin Luther, right? Martin Luther, the leader of the Protestant Reformation. Um, Luther did not pass a day without devoting three hours at least to prayer. And these were hours selected from the most favorable of his study. In the privacy of his chamber, he was known to pour out his soul before God in words full of adoration, fear, and hope as one speaks with a friend. 
So what is happening in the privacy of your prayer room chamber, your room, your prayer closet, wherever it is? What is happening in the secret place? That's where it must begin in the secret place. Number two, pray for God to open doors. You know, um, Jim and I, as we've shared in some of our testimony and stuff, neither one of us envisioned prayer ministry for our lives. This is not what we had in mind. This was a gradual, growing, leading process of God. I would have never imagined, and I would quake in my shoes if I had thought. You know, and the same for him. This is not something we just said, oh, we want to do prayer ministry. Come on, guys. We're going to do whatever. No. You know, this is something God grew and he opened doors. And as he's, you know, as he's working in our own lives, of course, as it's starting in us, of course, if he's doing something in you, you want to share it, right? That's the natural response as, 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 um, you're growing in your love relationship with God, you can't help but share it. There's a heart burning within. But we want to be careful about bulldozing our way in to our church or youth group or wherever you are because we know the secret. We've been to GYC and this has to happen here. You know, we need to wake up as a church and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm not saying any of you would go and do that. <laughs> but I'm saying we can't go bulldozing our end with that, you know, like we have the answers thing. We need to be on our knees praying, Lord, you're laying this on my heart. We need more prayer in our church. We need more prayer in our youth group or whatever the situation Open doors. And I have here, don't push for a visible stage. Look for how you can serve behind the scenes. And you know, prayer ministry really is a behind the scenes ministry. It's not the most popular thing. Because, you know, who's really, who really, you know, gets the spotlight per se? Who really gets the affirmation and the the patting on the shoulder or whatever? It's not the prayer team. You know, it's the praise team or the speakers or whoever else doing different things. And those, of course, should never be our object for ministry in the first place. Self should never be our uh, object for ministry. I think Christ Object Lesson says the purpose of all ministry is to keep self out of sight and let Christ appear. But the problem is the self is so much in control of our lives that we all want a stage. And we want, you know, to shine and people to recognize how wonderful we are. And, you know, we've been waiting for this opportunity to spring forth onto the stage of life. And that's self's natural thing. But prayer ministry cannot be. Prayer ministry cannot grow out of that um, at all. And so... God is calling us to faithfulness behind the scenes. Um, but as we've already shared and we've talked some about this, well, it may be the behind the scenes ministry, what most people don't realize, it's the most influential ministry. It's the biggest key to what we're going to see happen in our church is the prayer ministry. So nobody's going to pat you on the back and say, you know, da 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 but it is the most influential. Here's a quote we uh, rushed past earlier. Prayer is heaven's ordained means of success, appeals, petitions, and treaties between man and man, movement, and act a part in controlling the affairs of nations. But prayer moves heaven. And we saw that in the story of Martin Luther. 
from the secret place of the of prayer came a movement that shook the world and is still shaking it today 500 over 500 years later okay step number 3 pray how to align yourself with the holy spirit's plans do you want to talk about this um jim i'll just keep going okay pray how to align yourself with the holy spirit what are your prayer goals but it's not just what are your prayer goals what is the Holy Spirit asking? What is God asking? Desire of Ages says we cannot use the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to use us. We don't grasp a hold of the Holy Spirit for power. The Holy Spirit is to flow through us, broken vessels. Um, the ministry, the, the ministry the Lord has for us is waiting, but oftentimes we are not ready. Here is a Here's a quote that, that Jim shared. There's a necessity for the Lord himself to communicate his own ideas to the soul. What a thought that instead of our poor earthly contracted ideas and plans, the Lord will communicate to us his own ideas, his own thoughts, noble and broad, far-reaching, always lead heavenward. And here's another one that goes with this. Your temptations... Your ideas, your feelings must all be laid at the foot of the cross. Then the soul is ready to listen to the words of divine instruction. So as you're preparing and you feel God calling you to prayer ministry, and we need more prayer ministry leaders, just praying that God will raise up an army of of those with this calling for the the under-the-stage ministry. Um, But a big part is praying um, what is the Holy Spirit's goal? What is God's mission? Well, I have one, one short thought that I'd like to add to that. It says here, we are never to prescribe our own case. Isn't that beautiful? We are never to prescribe our own cra- uh, case. Christ must have an entire control of our will and our action, or he will not undertake in our behalf. Very, very important thought. Amen. Go on now. Okay, step number four. Ask God to lead you to prayer partners with the same burden. Okay? So it's not about having a full church of people praying together with you. It's about having a consecrated group that is unified and that is on the same page. This is not about us. This is not for our glory. This is we want to see God's work go forward. We want to see God work in our church. We want to see him bring backslidden members back. It's about having a group that are on the same page. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later. Okay, number five. Now we get into communicating. And we've outlay, we've outlined these in steps. And I'm not sure exactly that you're going to follow them in this exact order, but these are steps in the process, okay? You need to communicate with those in leadership in your church. You know, if you're wanting to start something in your church, the respectful thing to do is to communicate humbly about your goal and your desire. Now, as young people, you have an ability to speak and often get in that some of us older people don't have (laughs) because... Pastors and leaders are like, you want to do something for the Lord? That would be wonderful. You want to start more power to you. 
you know, oftentimes they're more encouraging. Not always. We'll, we'll address some of those issues when your pastors and leaders are not supportive, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, the point is communicate with them about the fact, you know, you want to start a prayer group, you want to do something, um, and not just your pastor, but start with the pastor or whoever's in leadership and then get the church members involved. And, um, you know, I think personal invitation is the best. Um, I would do this after you already have, you know, maybe if, maybe two or three core people that, you know, you're on the same page with what you want to see God do. Then you start bringing other people in and share with them. You know, we're, we're starting this prayer group and we already, you know, see God working and, and we'd like you to be part of it. You know, would you be interested? Personal invitation, I think, is oftentimes better than a grand invitation from the front. Hey, you all, we're having a prayer time. Anybody that wants to come, you know... Unfortunately, people aren't really responsive to that. That doesn't mean you can still share that. It can still be done. But personal invitation. Um, and pray that God's burden become the church's burden. And I want to really encourage you. You know, we're praying that the Holy Spirit will give us our prayer burdens and show us what we should actually be praying. Um, but one thing that's very good is that what we're praying is supporting what's happening in the church. Okay. So there's evangelistic series going on, or there's this outreach going on or something else. You need to make that a part. And I think the Holy Spirit will lead you to do that. Um, because as we already talked about yesterday, could we see all the activity of human instrumentality as it appears before God? We would see that only the work accomplished by much prayer, which is sanctified by the merit of Christ, will stand the test of the judgment. So all these different things that are going on in our churches... You know, you see there's not a lot of fruit. Sometimes we can have an evangelistic series and three people come, if that. Most of the attendees are church members. I'm sure you've been in churches where that's happened. That is not going to change until the Holy Spirit is at work. And the Holy Spirit is not going to come until there are people seeking and humbling their hearts on their knees. And so the most vital thing that you could actually contribute to your church would be bringing that consecrated prayer ministry to support these projects. And it takes a while. Unfortunately, sometimes here we are in the church. <laughs> it takes a while to get people on board to recognize that this is the most important ministry is what happens behind the scenes. It's not the preaching, you know, the... Um, the week of preaching or the weekend or the, or the month of preaching, it's the consecration, the prayers and the preparation that happened before. And that is when God starts working and divine appointments start happening and, and, and people start coming in. Um, I also encourage, get a list of inactive members and start praying for those, um, that are not coming to church. And I, I think of, um, a church that has done that. Um, I, I'm thinking of several examples in my mind, and, and you might have something to share along that line too, um, where they've started praying over the list of the inactive members. And within weeks, they started seeing those different people come back into the church. The only thing that changed is as they were praying for them by name. Lord, please work in their hearts, bring them back, help them to see their need. And um, that makes a difference. We could share a lot of testimonies about that. 
Um, there's a mighty power in prayer. Our great adversary is constantly seeking to keep the troubled soul away from God and appeal to heaven by the humblest saint is more to be dreaded by Satan than the decrees of cabinets or the mandates of kings. And this is what I keep trying. You know, we are trying to help people see. You know, there's a lot of issues, a lot of struggles that are going on in the world right now, politically, socially, all over the place, and in the church as well. But you know what? The most effective thing that we have, God has given us. It's not for you or me or somebody else to become, you know, a president or a church leader or administrator so we can do things better and we can do this or do this or whatever. You know, if we could be the president of the country, we'd fix these problems right now, you know? Heaven help us. You know, that's not the key. The greatest key to seeing difference and answers and solutions is the power of prayer. Ultimately, we, as Christians, Seventh-day Adventists, know that we're living in a great controversy. So we know that things are going to get worse before they're going to get better. <laughs> but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we sit around in calm, quiet, you know, unconcerned complacency. Well, it's supposed to get worse before it gets better. So da-da-da. No. Do you know people are getting lost? People are being lost and dying without the hope of salvation? Well, things are getting worse. We have a goal now to rescue, to pull out of the fire and to save while their door of probation is still open. And our prayers and our labors are part of that. And we don't want to see anyone that God can save be lost. So prayer is the key. Um, I think I was thinking about, I'm not sure here, Jim, if I have, if we put your testimony later on, but I, I could share a number of stories how we've seen God working in division uh, leadership. You know, they're struggling um, because there's a lot of pride and competition over who's in office. And there was this one particular division, uh, I will leave unnamed, around the world that sometimes it took them two or three days to get through this voting process for new elected leadership just because there's so much interim inter fighting and stuff going on. And I hate to say this, but you know, we have struggles. Um, anyway, between different people, but this one year they were really, really convicted that they needed to spend more time on their knees. And so they did the, the division leaders led this, uh, this time of prayer and seeking God in a deeper way. And that year, I think if I remember correctly, uh, the decisions and the things that usually took like three days took like maybe two hours. It just, boom, it went smooth. Everybody was on board. They went, and they were just like, wow, what a difference. Yes, what a difference. Prayer and humility of heart will make. I think of an evangelistic series uh, that was actually occurring in the Philippines and, um, they were, uh, I think they were, they had maybe just started and Melissa was, was part of this as, as well. And they, they had people coming, but it wasn't that many at that time. The, the series had started, but they asked Melissa, our prayer leader to go and have prayer with the leadership and the conference leadership and all was included in that. And so she did, they only gave her like 15 minutes to have this prayer time. And this is so frustrating. <laughs> you know, people call you, they're like, we want you to, to lead this in a time of prayer so we can really, and then they give you 10 minutes. And you're like, hello? You know, this is, this is, you need time. Anyway, 
Well, 15 minutes actually turned into 45 minutes. And God broke the hearts of those leaders, even the president of the conference who was weeping. And he says, we have never prayed like this. We need to humble our hearts. We have not been doing this. Lord, forgive us. So they were there praying together and weeping and just making things right between each other. And that night, the attendance at that meeting like doubled or something like that. And then within the coming days, they had more non-members coming to the evangelistic series than they had members. And they had to have, you know, the Seventh-day Adventist members outside sitting on the, so that the visitors could come in. And they just saw God bless. But that didn't start until they got on their knees. Mel, actually it was a 600-room capacity. It was a theater, but there were 1,000 people who were there. Mm. 400 were standing up. Mm. And it was just overflowing. And I remember when, when we had that, uh, that evangelistic series, we had a very small prayer room. Not, you know, in the Philippines, it's not padded floor. It's, uh, it's cement. <laughs> and we had, uh, our prayer room was actually the closet of, of the workers in that mm. mall because it yeah. was done in the mall. And we had, we didn't have a, a what's this, a padded, padded mat. It's, it's a native mat. <laughs> And it was this big, I think. No, this small, not big. And there were like 12 little Filipinos kneeling down. And we were kneeling and and praying this. By the way, friends, these are all young people, 13 of us. And on the first night, they handed us us the, the piece of paper. Hey, pray that people will not leave because 400 people are standing inside. And we keep on interceding and interceding and interceding. And by the way, friends, this is not just a one-week evangelistic series. This is a 30-day evangelistic series. And the people who are attending are not just ordinary people. Medical students, medical students are one of the busiest students. They don't have time to spare for evangelistic series, but they attended attorneys, businessmen. There's even one guy whose two brothers are priests. He attended, and when, when the appeal was made, 300-plus souls came forward for baptism. But you know what's a sad thing? The next year, they didn't think that the prayer team is, not, is needed. So they went on. We, we do prayer by twos anyways. When we came in into the, into the evangelistic series, we saw that there are empty seats. No standing room. Spirit is different. And when the appeal was made, there were almost 100 people who came. And then I began to realize we could have done more if we took it seriously. So that is what I can share in the Philippines. Yeah, thank you for that added part of the story. Okay. If church leadership is not cooperative, we're on the point, communicate with your leadership um, get them on board. Um, do we want to deal with that more in the next session? Or do you want to... I could share something, Mel. Like, this is one thing that I would like to, to tell you. Uh, being in the prayer ministry is not a popular <laughs> ministry. You'll face a lot of, of oppositions. And I remember when, when, uh, when Melissa and I went to the Philippines and we were asked to lead out in in annual councils, in conferences. We were invited by some officers, but some of the leaders are not comfortable with, 
with us. And I was asked to lead out a group of people every day of that, uh, of that council. But they assigned leaders as well to lead out. So before I could speak, the leaders already spoke up. So that the intention of that, uh, of, that, uh, of that prayer session was somehow that I should not be leading out. So I did not lead out. Humbly, I just sat down. And Melissa was not there because she was attending to another conference in another country. And I was just praying. And as Melody said, pray for the cause as well of the church. And I began praying for those people who are with me. And you see, the next few hours, hearts begin to melt. Hearts begin to open up. They told me, hey, can you come back tomorrow? <laughs> I told them, I'm sorry, I have another prayer session in another place. So the only way to deal with this is on your knees. The solution is not practical, it's spiritual. <laughs> we have to be on our knees. When things are not walking or not working out, yes. let us continue to humble ourselves before God. Yes, amen. And I want to encourage you, don't get discouraged. Okay, if people are not supportive, if your church is not supportive, your leadership is not supportive, you're trying to start some prayer initiatives or ministry and they're not, you know, have courage. You know, we're told in God's word, if God be for us, who can be against us? And he sees, he knows, we don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to um, fight our battles. He says he'll fight them. But I want to encourage you to have faith and to talk faith. If you are truly seeking the glory of God, if you are truly seeking the glory of God and not the glory of self, God is going to open the doors. He's going to soften hearts. He's going to work. We're told never to give a thought place to a thought or discouragement in the work of God. Prayer and faith will do what no power on earth can accomplish. Truly, God will move the obstacles. I love this quote from Desire of Ages. The obstacles that are piled by Satan across your path though apparently as insurmountable as the eternal hills, shall disappear before the demand of faith. Nothing shall be impossible. So continue to pray in faith, but don't force the door. Pray in faith and go about what you need to do. Um, you know, we might talk about this later. I'll go ahead and mention it now. But, you know, if, if your church leadership is not supportive with you doing something in the church, you might have to do it in your home. You might have to do it in someone else's home. I don't know. But don't force yourself. We can never lead through force, even if you're in the right. You can be right, but not righteous, as they say. You know, We don't force. God has to open the doors, and he will in his time. Um, yeah. Exhort the brethren to pray. We must seek if we would find. We must ask if we would receive. We must knock if we would have the door open to us. If there are only a few assembled, there are enough to claim the promises. And that's what I say. The promise in God's word says if two or more are gathered, two or three, that's enough. He says, I'm here. We can pray in agreement if two or more are gathered. And so again, it's not the numbers it's the consecration of those that are there. And that's what we are seeking for. And he will be present. Okay, so you've communicated with your leadership. You have a core group. Um, you need to decide practically um, where are we going to pray and when are we going to pray. And set a schedule that you can maintain. Sometimes we get so 
eagerly energetic that we kill ourselves before we've even started. And I'm not saying we shouldn't go all out for God. You know, we need to live dangerously. We need to live on the edge. I agree um, with that message. But you say, we're going to get up every morning at 4 o'clock in the morning, and we're going to have a prayer, you know, whatever time together. Maybe it's a conference call or, you know, go outside our church. You know, like I told you, we did this at Burden Hall for a little while. You have to, to, if you're going to set something, make sure God is leading you and not just your own, we're going to do this. That's back to the Holy Spirit leading those goals. Um, you know, maybe you're going to do that for 10 days. Um, maybe you're going to do something different if it's going to be long-term. If it's going to be long-term, it needs to be something that you can maintain and be consistent. And also set those prayer goals. And number seven is pray. Why are we starting a prayer ministry? Is this a social occasion? Is this a, another time to come together with our friends and to talk about our problems and our issues and things? No. You know, the devil loves when we get together and we talk about our problems and our prayer request as long as we don't pray. And that's why we actually encourage, and Ellen White talks about this. I don't remember if I put the quote here or not. I didn't. But <clears throat> talks about the fact um, we need to do less talking and more praying. So when we come together in our prayer groups, we actually discourage people from sharing your prayer request. What's your prayer request? Okay, what's yours? No. We don't even go there. You pray the prayer request when we pray, and we will agree. Okay? And that doesn't mean we don't take time to pray for one another. We're going to talk about this. We do. We need to take time to pray for one another's burdens to strengthen, um, to see us become strong and fortified. So there is that specific time where you do pray for those burdens. But if we waste our time talking instead of praying, we've lost the blessing that God has. Pray the word, keep a record of answered prayers. I'm going to talk more about this in another session. Number eight, I think this is the last point we have. Step number eight, be willing to sacrifice and be inconvenienced. And you have a testimony to share here. Yes, I remember three years ago, after we had this uh, youth conference that was bathed in prayer, there was this guy He's from uh, Mindanao, the south side of the Philippines. And you know, there's a background in the south side of the Philippines. This is a war-stricken country. And you know, when there's an oppression, faith of people grows. But when there's peace, they left the church. So this guy who who once had a full member church, now church members have fallen away. So after he came back from, from this youth conference, he has this burden, I need to pray for those backslidden members. And most of those backslidden members were his family, especially his immediate family. So he said, where two or three are gathered, so I'll get my best friend. So he got his best friend to pray with him. And he said, you know what? He said, we're two or three. Let's add one more. <laughs> So they asked another friend, but this friend has, has a wife. So God blessed them with not just three, but four. <laughs> so they prayed three times a day. Did you get this? How many times? Three times, three times a day, friends. It's a good thing that they work in the same place. So <laughs> as, as Mel said, it should be calculated. <laughs> 
You should be visible. So they work in the same place, and they work in this field, and they will go out. He brought me actually because I, I did a, a weekend revival in in their church. He brought me to the field where they're praying. They will hold hands, the three of them, and they lift up their voices to God, Lord, please. And they mention the names of their family members who have fallen away. And friends, you know what happened? The three times a day was not enough for them. Said so we want to have a perfect number, so they made it seven times a day. In just a matter of two weeks, thirty plus backslidden members came back to the church. They did not do any evangelistic series. They did not do house to house visitation. They prayed and prayed. And each and every person who came back to the church, they asked, Oh, praise God, you are here. Oh, tell me your story. They didn't, they didn't say, Why are you back? <laughs> tell me your story. I said, I was just convicted one day that I have to get out of that life and come back to the Lord. And same story, one after another. My dear friends, if you want to see the Lord work, we have to be ready to be inconvenienced, we have to be ready to sacrifice. Different prayer ministry opportunities. <clears throat> now, just so um, you know, we have a. There's these things are actually written in a, a book. There's a, on the um, Revival and Reformation website. I'm thinking if I was going to show you that at the end, I might try to show you that at the end. We actually have a number of prayer ministry resources. And there's several different manuals how to start prayer ministries. And these are some of the things that we actually pulled from the Oregon Conference Prayer Ministries Manual. Uh, But these are just ideas, um, different ministry opportunities, ideas. Of course, you can have your small intercessory group. You have a larger prayer church group. Um, whole days of prayer and fasting. I don't know if you're aware, once a quarter there's a world church uh, initiative to pray and fast. But you don't have to wait for that to do it. You can do it on your own. You know, we're, designate a certain Sabbath. Make sure your church is uh, on board. If they're not, maybe this is just something that you and, and your group are going to do to fast and pray specifically for certain things. Um, Ten days of prayer. We'll We'll talk about that here in a moment. Circle of blessings. We're going to talk more about that. Weekends, retreats, weeks of prayer, prayer walks, door-to-door praying. This is something that's really beautiful, and we have some beautiful testimonies from this. Walking through communities and actually stopping and knocking on doors and just letting people know, you know, I walk through here regularly, and I'm praying for you, and I just wondered, is there anything specific that I can pray about for you? Wow. The opening of doors that we have seen as people have done this and, and reached out. Um, more 24 hour prayer chain focus, prayer conference calls, um, all night prayer. Um, we actually have some things that we've put together. People have asked, how would you lead an all night prayer? Um, and so we might, we might address that, uh, more specifically 10 days of prayer. Uh, I talked to you about preparing your hearts to go into the new year. What I talked about in the last session, the, the heart challenge 
is actually not part of the 10 days of prayer. It's actually something that I put together specifically just to prepare our hearts. And I, I do it specifically for myself, but then I decided this is something that needs to be shared. So more people can be part of it if they want to. So I adapted it and edited it and made it uh, a little bit um, more um, so that people can be part of that. So that is on our website to prepare yourself going into the new year for a deeper walk with God. But the 10 days of prayer each year happens in January. This this year it's January 9 through 19. And what a better way to start the 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 new year than 10 days of prayer. And maybe you, your church, maybe you can't get your church on board, but maybe you have some friends that have come together to GYC and you say, you know, even if our church isn't praying together, we're going to pray together. But maybe you can go back and you can talk to your pastor and say, you know, we would really like to do 10 days of prayer. Would you mind if the youth let out in 10 days of prayer? And there's all the materials there. You don't necessarily have to come up with everything on your own. We have materials on the website, 10daysofprayer.org. So the resources are there. Oh, Andy, we're not going to give you time up here to talk. <laughs> but uh, um, this young man here in this room, it's just been so exciting seeing what God is doing in his life. And I um, no, he doesn't mind my sharing a little bit of his testimony, but he's come through some real hardships some real struggles. When I first met him a number of years ago, uh, I think he was probably pretty depressed. Would you say I'm pretty depressed? Didn't, didn't really want to go on, um, living. And he came to one of the conferences where we had a prayer room and he just prayed. He spent like 32 hours. I think it was in the prayer room and God took him home <laughs> a different man. And it's been so exciting to see. He went back to his church and started doing uh, prayer ministries with his church. And then uh, God compelled him to start using uh, the skills that he has to, to, um, uh, with pain neuromuscular therapy to, to help uh, channel funds to Panama, to his home country and starting a um, program there. And He's here in the States right now, and this is something new that's just happened, and I'm not going to let you share right now because we don't have enough time. But he's been talking to Jim and I, sharing, and he's been part of our prayer team. He's come with us to the GC to pray, and so we're really thankful for for Andy and what God's doing in his life. But he's working with a number of professional people, and his business is prayer, and he tells them that. (laughs) My business is prayer. And he told me. I felt a little weird when I started telling people this. But he's seeing God break hearts and the connections that God has given him. He's already seen people baptized and brought to Christ through this prayer ministry. And there's a lot of stories. He's, he's calling. I hear from him, you know, every week or a couple weeks. Melody, you won't believe what God did now. He's living by faith. God's providing for him, paying his way, paying his, um, providing in the ministry. It's just, I'm, I'm now, I'm not doing the testimony justice, but here's a, an example. And if you want more inspiration, go talk to Andy. Andy, you want to raise your hand, wave your hand. Um, feel free to talk to him afterwards. He has lots of testimonies that he can share, but he's literally prayer has changed his life. God has changed his life and we get to witness that and we praise the Lord for that. Um, as we bring this session to a close, um, we, we have here for you and, and some of you probably already have this book. Um, I don't know if I, I want to necessarily distract everybody by, by handing it out yet, but we'll give it to you at the end. But it's Praying for Rain, a handbook 
for united prayer. And you know the prayer time that Jim has been leading each morning. Um, you might want to say, I want to lead united prayer. How do I do this with my church? This is actually all very carefully written out in this handbook, United Prayer, a mini handbook um, for United Prayer. So we're not necessarily, we're not going to repeat all this stuff. You can read it. It's here. You've already been seeing how Jim has been modeling it. Um, But as he already shared, first things first, we have to get right with God before we get up and lead a group and just asking God to prepare our hearts as we get forward. Because what we do, we set the tone. You know, you don't just come in and say, okay, guys, we're going to start praying. Okay, everybody praise the Lord. It's time to praise the Lord. Give, you know, we need to come in with a heart preparation and a devotion and a thought that God has given us in our own private prayer closet that we then bring and share. I remember one time, Mel, I was so excited to lead out because I've seen the effect on people when, when we come together and pray. And at the back of my mind, I've done this more than a hundred times. So we lead out and I was expecting that people will, will, will be blessed the same, right. the same way. My dear friends, it was the ugliest prayer session. <laughs> and this is one thing that I begin to realize. I could really ruin it. <laughs> And this is why it is very important that it is not us that will lead out. It's God, it's the Holy Spirit that will be speaking the prayers. And I begin to, I begin to feel the heaviness, like I was praying my own prayers. I was trying to save the prayer session. I was trying to remember what are the beautiful prayers that I prayed before. Mm. Friends, it was so heavy. Mm-hmm. But when the Holy Spirit leads out, my dear friends, it's a lot of difference. Yes. And I can testify to that because I've, I've done the same thing. You know, you do this. You've seen how God's worked. You've seen how he's blessed. And you get confident because you've seen how God's blessed and how he breaks hearts as we come together and pray and the beauty, you know. And we just get weary sometimes, too busy doing that we aren't staying connected as we should. And I, I know what this feels like because I, I struggle with this too, that I've had the same issue. Come and lead a person. And I know, you know, God's going to do something, but I did not take the preparation as I should. And it was flat. It was flat. You can tell when it's flat, <laughs> you know, like the Holy Spirit is not there. So that's what we're really talking about. The most important thing. Um, but praying for rain has many more details. We want to take just a few moments um, to talk about circle of blessings, because this is something uh, that has been a huge, huge um Huge blessing. And what I'm, I'm, I really want to do is maybe have five, six volunteers come up here. And we'll tell you what to do so you don't have to. But just several different people. I need somebody to sit in the chair and the rest of us <clears throat> um, to circle around. You, know, you want to sit in the chair? That's just where you're landing. Okay. Um, actually, let's have another five people come up here. Um, so we have a few more people up here. Now, what we're going to do, and I'm kind of modeling something here, and this is just a little little demonstration, um, but we've led into this. We've been preparing people um, for this time of prayer already as a church, so you don't just do this out of the blue. You have to prepare people's heart for this, but we take times where we want to pray specifically for different burdens that people have. We talk about breaches in our life, and we need to become strong as a church 
so that we can reach out to others. But we're not strong because we have a lot of brokenness in our own circle. And so um, we'll have the times of united prayer like Jim's been doing. But then sometimes um, in an evening or an all-night prayer um, or sometimes in an afternoon, um, we'll take time for, I call it circle of blessings. There's nothing magical. There's nothing mystical about that circle. It's just a circle. We come together, and there's blessings when we come together in unity seeking the Lord. So that's why I call it circle of blessings. I've heard people take that and twist it like, what are you doing with circles? (laughs) No, don't even go there. You know, we're actually told that we should unite. We should have a circle, a chain of prayer around the world, okay? So that's the point. Anyway, so I call people forward, and I say, we're just going to, and it's usually hard to get somebody in the seat first. We put you in the seat. So, but we're going to pray for specific burdens and nobody wants to be the first one to go <laughs> because we don't want to, you know, admit what need is. But we, how many of you have burdens in this room right now? Okay. So all of you need to be here in this chair <laughs> because we need to pray, you know? So we all have burdens and we all have needs, but nobody wants to be the first to admit. <clears throat> and I have to admit it's, it's intimidating. We do this uh, with a conference that Jim and I have been part of for a number of years, the Army Bible Camp, where we have uh, specific times of prayer and all-night prayer, and it's just beautiful. We went through nine conferences, nine conferences, before I was willing to sit in the chair and say, you know what? I need prayer. I'm the leader here back behind the scenes. I don't need prayer. Well, I do, but I'm not going to admit it to everyone. Everyone else has more needs than I do. You know, They're not necessarily more needs, but they're... I mean, I'm serving them. It's their needs that need to be brought, not mine, right? And so, but the issue is sometimes God needs to break us as the leaders and humble us because that's an example to others. We're going to talk more about this in another session. So it took me nine conferences. That's what I was saying. It took me nine conferences before I was willing to sit in the chair and say, you know what, guys, I really need you to pray for me. And I'm really struggling. And I shared and had, had to do with pride issues and stuff like that. And it was so, so beautiful what God did as a result of that. When we humble ourselves, that actually the Holy Spirit is able to use that to bring other people to the cross. And it's beautiful. So we, we have somebody coming into the circle. And I'm just going to ask briefly um, Juanita. So your name is Juanita. Yes. Okay. So can you share with us something? You can make it up or it can be real. Uh, since I put you on the spot here, you didn't know what we were doing. Something that we can pray for for you. And this is um, just something short and specific. We don't want your life story or testimony right now, um, but just a personal burden that we can lift up. And we're going to talk, by the way, um, later in the sessions about appropriate vulnerable appropriate vulnerability and inappropriate vulnerability. Um, that's going to be addressed in a later session. But just share something that you wouldn't mind your church family praying for you uh, about. No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, By the way, people need to volunteer to come in the chair. I usually don't make them sit in the chair.
don't have to be to give pleasure. No, 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 no. I had it. Um, I would say pride. Pride. Yeah. Okay. She shared a specific need. Pride. And I think that's probably coming from the bottom of her heart, not just for us here. Okay? Um, how many of you can relate to that? Okay. So we can. So this is, this is the time to circle around our sister and say, we're going to pray for her in this specific area. But we're also in agreement that God will do the same in our own lives. Okay? So after we have done this, um, we have everybody come close. So just come close. And I just encourage you, lay your hand on her shoulder or on the person next to you, whatever um, the point. Everyone's not necessarily going to, to reach her. But we just come together and we press together. And then I ask one or two people to pray. Again, this is very spur of the moment. Would any of you be willing to pray for our sister? Okay, he's going to pray, and she's going to pray. And then um, I'll have Jim close um, the prayer time. So three of us will pray. Mm -hmm. He's going to start, and then you. And I'm going to give you the microphone here. But this, you know, we're demonstrating how to do a circle of blessings, but we're not, this is not a mock prayer. We're praying right now. Okay, and... Just a short, brief prayer on behalf of our sister. We, we pray short and right to the point. But, uh, so, Davis, we'll have you pray first. Father in heaven, we just would like to thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, Lord. Father, I just want to humble myself Amen. first. Amen. Then lift up Juanita I just ask you Lord that you may help her overcome this pride issue and help us all to overcome this pride issue Father thank you for already answering my prayers in Jesus name I pray Amen. Amen Lord Jesus we just praise you and thank you that you are our creator our Redeemer, and that you formed Juanita in her mother's womb and that all her days were written in your book before she was born and that you have a future, you have a hope, and you love her, Lord. We ask forgiveness for our sins. ask the blood of Jesus to cover us. We ask for an anointing of your Holy Spirit to rest upon her right now, Father. And we ask that you, you have heard her request that you will heal her of pride. And Father, we ask the same for ourselves. We all are selfish and prideful, and we need you desperately. We need healing from this disease called sin. And I just uplift Juanita to you. I thank you, Jesus, that you are interceding in the heavenly sanctuary for her right now. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear Father, I agree with my brother and my sister's prayer. And Lord, We pray for Juanita and we pray for each one of us that you please draw us, dear Father, at the foot of the cross where pride could not exist. And Lord, I ask that you please pour your spirit upon us. Help us, Lord, to see how much we need you. That the only thing that we could be proud about is that we have a wonderful God, a loving God, a merciful Heavenly Father. So Lord, please pour your spirit upon Juanita and upon us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Don't go anywhere.
Thank you, Juanita, for being willing to sit in the chair, even though we kind of put you there. So you can get up, and we're going to have you sit down. We're going to do one more. Um, so again, I'm going to ask you um, tell us your name briefly, and then just um, Ella Marie. Ella Marie. And then um, share just in a sentence something we can pray for. My name is Elma Marie Helsinger, and I will ask prayer for my children, especially I have one son that's not walking with God. His name is Michael. Okay. So this is a, a prayer that also impacts a lot of us. Um, maybe you don't have a child. Maybe you have a sibling. And I understand this, or a loved one. Yes, actually, let's let's do that at this point because this would be a perfect time to do that. Um, yeah. So what we're going to do, and this is, we're going to actually pray for this, but we're still in demonstrating how you can do this as a church. We're actually going to have you guys, um, as much as possible, all come forward, and we're going to have a united prayer specifically on the behalf of our unsaved children or loved ones, okay? And who among you here has the same burden? Please raise your hand. Okay. We'd like to ask you to be in the inner circle. So those that have, it's probably all of us, but (laughs) go ahead and press up uh, around. There's room up here behind us uh, around um, the stage and see if we can just press together. Um, so you've heard the burden that she's prayed for, or what she's asking for prayer. But what we want to do, you know, you've been part of the morning United prayer time in the mornings, where we pray, where we pray short prayers right to the point. When we're praying two or three in the circle, you know, it's still short, but it's a few more sentences. That's okay. But when there's a lot of us, we can't be praying the long prayers. We wear out. We can't stand here that long. Whatever we need to, we need to 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 be short and right to the point. And Ellen White actually makes this very clear as well, um, especially when we're in a group praying. So what we want to pray is those united prayers. I'm not going to go into the the confession and the thanksgiving and all of that. We are assuming we've already done that. We did that this morning, probably you know already in our own private prayer time and in the prayer time um, together as a group. But now we're just praying united prayers on behalf of those loved ones in our family. Let's start with praying for what she asked for, but then we'll pray for the broader. So one sentence, nothing more short, and kind of like popcorn around the room. And I will close the prayer time, um, but just speak out a prayer as God brings that to mind, okay? So, Heavenly Father, we're just going to bow our heads right now as we pray for the burden that our sister has brought to the throne on behalf of her son um, that's not walking with you. And, Father, there are many here that have similar prayer requests or burdens for loved ones. And so we want to agree with this request because you tell us if two or more are gathered together um, in your name is touching anything that we ask that it shall be done. And so we are pressing together in agreement, Father, claiming your righteousness, claiming your blood that covers us. We come here um, not as a, a mock demonstration, but as the sincerity of our hearts, we desperately need you to work. So at this time, we want to give our prayers on behalf of our unsaved loved ones. This message was recorded at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. 
GYC, the supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.